0: I, I do I do respect them seeing an opportunity business wise and honest and executing which executing is the hardest part of all that this and they've done the it. Worst that's the
1: worst word to use as well. But
0: okay, you know what? Just Saudi, Saudi government's
1: been executing a lot of <laughs> okay. things and people. Come
0: on, <laughs> man. Oh man! Oh look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy, is he out of sync
1: that even sounded it it was a tenor sound wasn't
0: it Peter oh Oh boy he gets really leaning on it with the lower body that hurt much right there
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to that one's OB it has been a while but we are back Daniel here alongside DJ as always DJ how we doing
0: We are feeling great. Like you mentioned, it's good to be back. Uh, Been a while. Obviously got a bunch of content to go over with you guys, but man, I just, it it feels good to be back. It feels good to be back on the bike and uh, and, uh, I'm ready to get going.
1: It is really good to be back. And, um, you know, it was going to be a little bit of a dry content uh, episode. I mean, we had had 3M, Rocket Mortgage, and Wyndham, to talk about um but now we also have uh trump badminster and a live golf lawsuit that's been filed against the pga tour so uh plus some other potential news about the fedex cup our picks for next week obviously and um now now we got a lot to talk about so dj where do we want to start here
0: I think I think we backtrack a couple of weeks. Obviously, there's a bunch of content like you just mentioned to go over, but I think we backtrack a couple weeks to Tony Finau going back-to-back wins and finally, finally showing us that he's a guy that can consistently win on tour and that he can be the player that we all know that he is, but he just had to show it and with two pretty dominant performances. So I think we kind of lump the 3M and the Rocket Mortgage together and just kind of talk about Tony Finau in general, and kind of make those two two tournaments one.
1: Okay, uh, I think we can talk about Tony Finau and like also a little bit Sungjae, just because Sungjae, yeah, Sungjae he's went playing good. He went T two uh, at three M and then T two at Wyndham. So it, it's not you know not back to back wins, but it it's at least you know something. But good yeah, golf. Tony Tony Finau is is really good at golf, um, and it seems like he finally kind of broke through. Uh, that ceiling that was kind of holding him down with the wins, um, but it's just a tough stretch in the schedule. Honestly, coming coming off of the British Open and going to TPC Twin Cities it, is about a big of a juxtaposition between courses that you can possibly have.
0: Fair, yeah, but it's also it is a weird point in the schedule because everybody goes to the British. They're all over the, on the other side of the pond. You come back. All the good players just gear up for the FedEx Cup, FedEx cup. and it's just kind of, like you said, if there were three weeks that we were going to take off, these were the perfect three tournaments to not have a podcast every week because there would not have been very much content considering Tony, literally, if, if Tony Finau didn't win back-to-back tournaments um, and then we'll get to the Wyndham, which is also a pretty good story. Uh, but if, if Tony Fiano did not win these back-to-back tournaments, there would not be very much content about this. We'd probably just skim over it, tell you who won, but I think now we got some, some things that are very worth, uh, worth our time.
1: I mean, we can talk a little bit about the Scott Piercy collapse at the 3M. Um, but that's also like kind of sad and depressing and I'd rather not,
0: Dude, i I'm, uh, I'm, I'm also not, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I totally forgot that that happened. <laughs> like, like I completely forgot that that happened. Yeah, he shot five over on the last day to lose by four. That is brutal. Okay, we're, it we're, happened. Like we all forgot about it, and we're going to move on.
1: We're we're completely forgetting that he was at eighteen under after the third round. Oh, that was silly. And seventeen under won the golf tournament at, at at TPC Twin Cities. I mean, come on, seriously. Um, but. I'm not really sure where I stand on this. Obviously, Finao winning is is good for golf. It's good for Fina. It's finally breaking, you know, breaking through, and especially going back to back um, is is sweet. Uh, this is a sign to me. It's a sign of life. It's a sign that he can win. It's a sign that he can perform. Um, but now, I'd like to see some follow through with that. I'd like to see him win an event that isn't at. TPC Twin Cities or Detroit Golf Club, <laughs> and has a strength sure, of field of yeah. over twenty. Um, but you know, it, it it is a little bit tough having four wins and three of them being the Puerto Rico Open, the three M Open, the Rocket Mortgage. Um, obviously, he has the Northern Trust win from last year, but he also could very much go on a tear on these next couple of weeks and snag a, a FedEx Cup playoff event, and suddenly we're looking at him a lot differently. After this year's over,
0: yeah, I mean, obviously, this is kind of your thing. You like when somebody wins to just be like, "Oh, it's not enough." And I know you're not completely doing this, um, but you got to start somewhere. Obviously, he's been on tour for a little bit and should have should have won a lot more events. But you got to start somewhere. He's got back to back wins. It's still back to back wins on the PGA tour. Don't sit here and discredit him right after he just won back to back and say he's got to go win some majors. Obviously, yes, but let's let, let's let it breathe a little bit, all right? He's no, for, not going to just go for from sure. Rocket Mortgage to winning Augusta.
1: For sure. But I I'd like to see I'd like to see some some progress, right? And this does feel like progress because he has been I don't want to say quiet this year, but um he said he's had some good finishes, in, you know, obviously Canada um but He's he legitimately is and probably sh- well, not is but he probably should be a top ten player in the world with his game. Like he is really
0: really good. His golf swing is so good, and it's 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 like I I don't know if I gave him enough credit for how good his golf swing is. I mean, obviously we, we whenever you win we've talked about this, yeah. P, like the PJ Tour poster swing a bunch, and like oh my goodness, watching that thing in slow mo, like I didn't really appreciate how how obviously he has a short swing and he bombs it, but just everything about it, like I don't understand how he hits the ball so far. Like it doesn't look like he's swinging. It's it's unbelievable like the talent that he has. For sure. For sure. He's definitely,
1: you know, he, he's extremely talented, probably a, a top 10 player. or should be a top 10 player in the world. And, and can we at least agree that, you know, for as good as he is and for as long as he's been on tour, four wins is underperforming for his skill level, his talent level.
0: Uh slightly sure sure I'll i I'll give it to you, but he okay, you're saying he should be top ten. I mean he's thirteen in the world. It's not like he's sitting there at twenty five. Obviously he just came okay. off two wins, yeah, so he's gonna fair. get a big boost to the rankings, but it's not you're you're saying like, oh, he should be top ten like he's twenty something. He's still three spots off, so well, but I to coming off of here,
1: coming off of back-to-back PGA Tour wins, though. For I sure. mean, b- yes. before then where was he? I mean, probably 25 or just outside of that. Yeah. Coming off Which, before these two wins.
0: I do think that these th- this whole FedEx Cup playoffs, I know you kind of hinted at this earlier, but this could really be a a Tony Finau coming out party. I mean, it could This could get weird quick. We've seen it this year when guys get hot for like a little run, and it gets, especially for somebody as talented as him and for a guy that always had the talent in the game but just needed to break through that ceiling of getting a couple wins and proving to himself and everyone else that he can actually win, this could get weird in the playoffs. And if he goes out and wins a couple of these events and gets in the mix coming down the stretch, like look out.
1: He definitely is one of those players that I, I could potentially see uh, going forward. I don't want to say DJ esque, but I would definitely wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's what thirty two right now. If he goes on these next four or five years and wins two three ish events per year, like I, that's I, that seems like a very real possibility that he he starts picking a couple off, and at some point he's gonna he's gonna win something big, but. It, you know, it, it, he's been professional since two thousand seven. He's been he's been on the you know he turned pro when he was seventeen, but he's been professional since thousand seven. He's, he's been, 2007. been professional since
0: two thousand seven. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness! I mean, yeah, which, he obviously was he turned pro super young, but like, wow.
1: Right. Right. Which is it's nuts. And he, he was playing on the Web .dot com tour when in twenty fourteen, um, and got his first one on the PGA tour in twenty sixteen. But I mean, he's he's. Really, really freaking good. And I'd love to see him start playing up to that potential. Uh, maybe not even playing because he he's, plays really good golf. He's, I feel like he's in contention a lot. I feel like I see yes. his name a lot. It's just not closing. And so I think Wait, yeah. once he's now kind of had some experience winning, he's had some experience closing, and it's not even like these, these last two tournaments were close. Like He won them by a combined eight shots. He went out and got it,
0: so yeah, he waxed him.
1: You know, once he's kind of experienced that now and tasted that now, that's got to do something for his confidence going forward, right?
0: One hundred percent. I mean, it. I like we both mentioned this could be the start of something weird. Like all you need is a couple wins to. I'm sure it's a big burden. Like he he's on social media. He sees what everybody like. Everybody says about him, about not being able to close. Every time he's in contention and falls short, he sees it on social media, people clowning him. And that's kind of a big burden to carry, and that has to creep into the back of your mind whenever you're in contention in these tournaments. And to actually break through back-to-back weeks, that's got to be a huge morale boost. Because obviously, his game's there. It's just mentally if he can get over that hurdle. And this this might be it.
1: Right. I I definitely agree. I I think the next... Obviously, we only have three more events uh, uh, in this season, and we're not going to be taking a break like this again. So we should have recaps for the next three of them, and, and talk more yep. about this. But, um, you know, this, this is, you know, my excitement level for for this playoffs is definitely slightly higher than it has been in past years. I think we've had enough like high level players win and win recently, um, with. Cam Smith, Scotty, Tony Finau, Rory, you know, this is gonna shape up to be a better playoffs than we've had in previous years, which is saying something because we had Tiger win a couple years ago. So uh but yeah. I mean l- looking down this leaderboard, like, you know, you have Scotty, Cam Smith, Rory, Rom, JT, Finau, Zalatoris, Morikawa, Cam Young, Speith. Like, there are so many names that that have emerged obviously some of those guys have been there for a while but sky scheffler cam smith finau a little bit more so now cam young Zalatoris, even guys that have emerged this year and have become guys on the pga tour that is going to make this super interesting for this for this final three tournament stretch
0: It it is going to be super weird kind of piggybacking off what you said um it is going to be, I think it's going to be kind of insane because obviously the FedEx Cup is supposedly a season long award and this season has kind of been waves of different guys coming in and out. Obviously, Scotty started out the year as hot as you could ever start out a year. He had his incredible run. Rory McIlroy there in the like middle to late half started to play really well. Justin Thomas had a very good performance at the PGA. Tony Finau at the back half of the season starting to play really well. Kim Smith doesn't play in that many tournaments, but when he does, he's always going to be in contention. Like there's Zala guys have had almost their,
1: winning like every major.
0: <laughs> correct. The guys have had their, their spots in this season. And it's, it, it's one, I feel like in just previous years, I, I just feel like going back to when it was like Rom versus Cantley. I don't know if that was last year or the year before. Um, that was Rom versus Cantley. Yeah, where we are, where it's like coming down the stretch, it, like those were the two best oh, players by yeah. far. Yeah, I don't remember. And, I don't remember what year that was. It was either last year or the year before, but that was kind of a two man race. This, I feel like you could make it. Like, if, if you know, obviously we're going to pick winners for this later on in the episode, but if you pick, you know, there's 10 guys that if you pick, I'd be like, yeah, all right, I could see that. And it's going to be, uh, it, I feel like it just feels like it's wide open, which I like.
1: Scotty has a pretty sizable lead. I'll, I'll we'll say that he's got he's got a one thousand two hundred and twenty one point lead over Cam Smith, um, but outside of that, it gets really 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 close. Where there's a, there's an eight hundred point difference between second place and sixteenth place.
0: So, exactly. So it's it's crazy. The,
1: you know I don't know if anybody's going to really be able to catch Scotty. I, I I don't know. I mean. I also don't know how many FedEx Cup points are up for grabs in these last three events, but a lot. A uh, lot. In these last can two change. events, but remember that we also are going off of this new, uh, this new FedEx Cup championship system. So, first of all, we're going to see uh, Wilmington Country Club, I believe, for the BMW, which is a course we haven't seen before, uh, and then remember that for the Tour Championship they erase the actual point standings and place yep. you at a certain score so Scotty's probably gonna be number one going into the tour championship but whether or not yep. he can hold on to that is is where it gets super super interesting I'm not sure where I stand on how I like the FedEx Cup championship um, I love it on how they did this new kind of uh, tournament format because it doesn't necessarily mean that the best player wins but it was also better than having uh one player win the event and the other player win the FedEx cup so i
0: don't know yes. I, I think
1: there's there's definitely improvements to be made but this is better than it has been
0: like obviously it's a season-long award but i just kind of like you mentioned it i mean same thing when tiger won the tour championship a couple years ago like who won justin rose won the won the FedEx uh, Cup. yes yes it's just it's just weird having that and i like Obviously, it's a season-long award. It's kind of crazy. You play the entire season, and the first-place guy starts at 10-under, and the second-place guy starts at 8-under. Like, you play the entire season, and and you're the best guy, and you get a two-stroke lead, which is huge.
1: That's why I'm not, like, fully in on this, right? Because if Scotty Scheffler was far and away the best player on the PGA Tour this year, that should kind of reflect it, right? And giving him a two-shot advantage over Cam Smith is... Not a, a uh, appropriate award for how well he's
0: played the entire year, <laughs> but but at the same, I hear that. But at the same time, I hate when somebody you know who's like you know sixth or seventh just goes out and absolutely gets it, and there's just no way they can win. You know. Which I get, I get, it, I get. It's technically a season long award, and you gotta be, you gotta put yourself in position throughout the season to have a chance on the stretch. But I, I think it makes it feel like a more of an actual tournament than just like. Because also, like we obviously the broadcast gives the viewers, you know, the behind the scenes of what's happening with the points and everything. Like, oh, if this guy beats this guy, then that means this guy wins. But with the strokes, it's just here's the strokes. Go out and play a golf tournament. Like it just, it's a lot more simple. And I think that's a lot better for the viewing, viewing experience
1: I yeah I, I do agree with that. Um, I had something I was going to say that was very insightful and completely forgot about it, but um, nice I, uh, I wish that it was at somewhere besides East Lake uh, for the Tour championship. Why? Because it kind of <sighs> I don't know why the FedEx cup. The FedEx Cup Tour Championship usually ends up feeling what I I guess a live event now feels like, where it's like a bunch of guys playing just for a ton of money, right? And they showcase, oh, this guy got second versus fourth, and that won him one point one million dollars. You're like, cool. You're like, he's already a multimillionaire. Like that's, like you know, Uh, where where would you rank this as far as excitement for? as far as excitement compared to other tournaments, this three tournament stretch, where, where are we, where are we ranking these
0: for I mean, me? It's, it's pretty, it's for, go for, for
1: it. me. It's, it's, um, <sighs> it's right below Genesis, but above Arnold Palmer. Really? I'd say like right there.
0: Interesting. I'm comp I'm on the complete different spectrum. I think that this three, I love these, these three events. Like I, it's, I, I I don't know. I just I for me they are definitely, it's the fifth best thing of, of the year. Really? Yes. So you, over for the players, sure. over the players. Correct. Yes. Really? Yes.
1: Yeah. I I disagree. I I I put this like, I I love Riviera. I love the players. Obviously, love the majors. Um, I'm not sure. I mean. Yeah, I guess the I guess Genesis would be the only PGA Tour event that I'd put above. I guess so. I guess that's. I mean, it's still pretty dude, respectful. Yeah. But.
0: Also, also, you were saying how you just want to see the best players in the world compete. These are the best players in the world. Like, I love when it's the top thirty players in the world. Right. One I mean, but that, but you also you also for, get that at,
1: you also get that at Genesis as well. Like Genesis had the highest strength of field out of like any regular season or FedEx or FedEx Cup playoffs. Like strength of field.
0: Sure, but there, I, there's something about just the exclusivity of a 30 person event. Top 30 you go from 125. I don't know what to do to down to 75, 70, and 70, and 70, and then, then to 30. 30. Like it's just, I, I love how it keeps cutting off, and it just, I personally love it, and I think it's, I think it's ah, not by far and away, but pretty close to just being by far and away the fifth best thing.
1: And, year, and at remember, least for
0: me. and remember
1: that this is all going to get overhauled. Um, Not this upcoming year, but the year after where they um, for the 2023 2024 season where they get rid of the fall series, replace that with whatever uh, deal they end up coming up with live or their own version of that. Plus, they're making changes to the way that the FedEx Cup playoffs work in the first place, where it's that first event is only going to be top seventy instead of top one twenty five, and then there's going to be like a different series in the fall for the top one twenty five guys. It's it's going to be a you know this is going to get overhauled pretty good it, next in the year after this upcoming one. So, um, I think that'll provide a little bit more entertainment even. Um, and a little bit more exclusivity because you won't have the, the you know 125 cut; it'll just be 70. And I'm not sure how they end up doing it for the next two events. But um, you know, I think that there's there's a lot to look forward to out of these next three weeks, and then in the coming years on how the PGA Tour starts to develop this product. Because let's be real here, with everything that's going on with Live, like they're going to have to develop the product a little bit more. Like what they oh currently gosh, yeah. have is not sustainable. It's, you know, cramming all of these events in to try to make, you know, this is how we end up with three M Open with Rocket Mortgage with the Amex. Like, you know, something needs to change, and it seems like there's almost a tour within a tour forming, right? With with the eight high level elevated purse events that they're instituting for next year plus the majors, plus the Cup playoffs, it almost seems like that's its own little tour of its own within the PGA Tour. So, you know, it seems like they're at least starting to make changes, whether it's too little, too late. We'll, we'll kind of find out in the coming year. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the PGA Tour product evolves to, to you know, match what
0: Liv has going. 100%, because they're obviously going to have to do something for sure. Um, obviously I, I feel like we should backtrack just a little bit, obviously went off a little bit tangent there, uh, tangent there about the playoffs, which was great. Um, I think we don't need to spend too much time on this, but the Wyndham championship pretty, pretty cool story there. Um, yes. so I, I think it definitely is deserving of at least some airtime.
1: A hundred percent. Yes. Um, Ju Young, uh, is that what? Did I say that right? Yeah, Joo Young Kim. I, I, uh, I was
0: letting you do this because I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce it, so I just let you take it. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: Joo Ju, Ju, Ju Young Kim uh, won the Wyndham Championship um, in like one of the most baller ways possible. So he made quad on his first hole of the tournament. Um, odds went to uh, plus 12,000. So that's
0: uh, DJ Dior Matthew, that's 1,200 uh, 1, to 1. No. You know, you know, his odds went to plus 1200, which is 120 to 1. 120 to 1.
1: There we go. But, there we go. Yeah. Uh, after making quad on the first hole. Um and yep. then firing a um what is that? A, a, a final round front 927. Yep.
0: Uh we're just Going. really really decent. <laughs> it's really really decent.
1: Uh shooting nine under in the final round to end up winning by five. Over, like we said earlier, over Jay. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's the first player born in the 2000s to win the PGA Tour. Uh, and he is the second youngest player to win a PGA Tour event uh, since World War II, only behind Jordan Spieth, who is exactly two months older than him, or younger than him, excuse me. Uh, Ju Young Kim was, is 20 years and one month, and 17 days old when he won this event, Jordan was 19 years, 11 months, 17 days. So, uh, pretty pretty crazy to join that pretty exclusive club there.
0: Well, wow, man, J- Jordan really snuck in that win at the John Deere just before he became you know hit his 20s. Just he's so still he could a teenager. A, just so he could say that he's the you know the first teenager to to win on the PGA Tour. That is crazy. I yeah, mean, uh, nuts. Absolute dominant fashion, like quad on the first hole, win the tournament by five, shoot 27 on the front nine on a Sunday to just completely eliminate everybody's chances of having a chance.
1: can, Can we both say that if he intentionally made quad on 18 to say that he started with a quad and ended with a quad to still win, like he'd officially become my favorite player ever?
0: Without a doubt. That would literally be one of the most baller things I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: That would, like be, he would be.
0: He'd be. He'd. He'd be my favorite player.
1: Yeah, that'd be so sick. And the fact that he could have is so impressive. To, like if to, he just if he just like six putted the last hole. Like that would be awesome. Starts the tournament with an eight, ends the tournament with
0: an eight, and and <laughs> wins and wins. What an absolute <laughs> savage! That would that would have been an. would have been an all timer. He would have gained. He he would have been first in the pip. Just give him first in the pip already. I yeah, that,
1: unreal. That means he would have played the the 70 holes in between at 24 under par. <laughs> which and, and then played uh one and whole set hold one and hole seventy-two at uh eight over. So Adam and Decent. Uh but yeah, definitely a name to watch out for. Um I think with that he moves up into sixth in the international uh, Presidents' Cup standings. So definitely getting his name out there. His progression is pretty crazy. So he turned pro in 2018 when he was 16 years old. Um, turned pro at 16, missed the cut on the Asian Tour Q School, uh, and went to the Asian Development Tour. He won three times, moved to the Asian Tour, won on the Asian Tour when he was 17 years old, becoming the second youngest winner ever. Um he was the leading money winner on the Asian Tour for 2020, 2021, and 2022. Finished third at the Genesis Scottish Open. Uh, earned a special tempor- temporary membership on the PGA Tour after coming in T47 at the British Open. Um, and then earned his tour card for 2022 2023, so for, for next year, with a solo seventh at the Rocket Mortgage. And then uh, now earned a spot in the FedEx Cup playoffs with a win at the Wyndham, which is just nuts.
0: So I've got a question. Do, do they just give these Korean kids golf clubs while they're still in the womb or do they wait until they're out of the womb to give them a golf club?
1: Uh, I, I think it's, uh, depending on if they're male or female, because he is only the seventh Korean born PGA tour player to win on the PGA tour. Um, Dude, but whereas, dude, there are
0: so many go for it
1: whereas on the on, on the LPGA tour they've been seven winners in the past 2 years so
0: yeah there's just, there's just so many like young pro- i mean the guy who's got first and second in this tournament uh Ju Young Kim and Sung JM like they're just young ballers and yep. like every every couple of years there'll be some like absolute stud who's 18 years old who just comes out on the scene from absolute nowhere and just lights it up at least like in the u.s you hear about these guys when they're kind of young you're like okay this guy's you know this guy's kind of a baller and then he goes to college dominates and you're like okay you kind of know he's coming but these korean guys just come out of nowhere and they are so good and they just they burst onto the scene obviously he's been doing this for a while you read out his resume but i mean when you turn pro at just,
1: 16 it's pretty you know pretty hard to see that sure. coming <laughs>
0: Sure. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, but it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it's, respect.
1: It's pretty nuts because um, he was not even eligible for the FedEx Cup uh, until this past week because he was on a special temporary membership, which does not get you into the FedEx Cup. But once he won this week, um, he was able to collect FedEx Cup points from all previous PGA Tour events that he played in. So he went from... Mm ineligible for the FedEx Cup last week to now 35th in the FedEx Cup right now. <laughs> it's not even like he got, oh, he snuck in 122 or whatever. Like he, yeah. he has three top tens and a win on the year and puts him at 35th. So for comparison, um, this puts him kind of right with, I mean, other guys who have one win and three to four top tens. JT Poston, Joaquin Neiman, Taylor Gooch, uh JJ Spawn Victor Hovland has one win and five top 10s um you know there there's some there's some names on this list I mean I didn't want to call call them out here but we got Sepp Straka as well right below him let's um, go but you know it, it, it's pretty crazy to jump from that big of a gap and and I'm I'm sure the payday that he's about to get From these next couple events, if he's able to make it to the tour championship, I'm pretty sure last place the tour championship still gets like 500k. So
0: yes. So how much of a baller move of it is it to before this week or before last week you were not gonna even make it make make the FedEx Cup playoffs, and now you just have to play like somewhat decent, and you'll be at East Lake.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. That is.
0: That is such a baller move, literally from one tournament. It's just it's crazy what a couple good weeks in golf can do for you. Like it's plus just plus now
1: the, the Presidents Cup opportunity that's probably going to come. Um, I, I think if he plays some solid golf in these next three events, he's he's got to be at least in the consideration, if not you know pretty close to a lock for for him. Yeah, um, I agree. Especially with some of the other guys on this on this
0: Presidents Cup list, it it gets uh, it gets pretty slim pretty quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking on the international team, he's gonna he's gonna be all right. Uh, yeah, on a limb.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see how this kind of shakes out. Uh, do we want to
0: talk about this now, or do we want to talk about the live event first? Uh, I think we just kind of touch on the live event for a few minutes and then get to Ooh. the.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we, we did have we did have Trump Badminster um uh on the Live side uh this past week. Uh and I don't think we've even done a pod since this happened. Um so Henrik Stenson is now on the Live Golf Tour. He is no longer a Ryder Cup captain, um, which is I, I don't I guess I wanna to say tough luck for him, but it not really. <laughs> He I probably mean, got yeah, paid a ton I,
0: of money. To, probably he, I mean, definitely got paid a bag and just won the first event he played in. Like it's, I mean, his decision is looking good right now. We'll see how it plays out in you know in, in, in due time. But I mean, first event out there, you lose your president's cup captain position, Ryder and cup. you just say, "Screw everybody, I'm going to go win this thing and just Ryder give cup, myself an Not additional four, you know, four point five million dollars."
1: Yeah. And I just want to clarify that's, that as Ryder cup captaincy, not Presidents cup captaincy, but, um, Ryder cup. Yeah. Uh, where, where would you, if you were in his position, um, what would your price tag be? Because obviously we know how historic the Ryder cup is and how much it means in golf. I, I'd go out there to say that alongside the masters, it is probably the pinnacle event in golf, maybe even over the masters because, it is such a long history yeah. and the prestige. Like it is the pinnacle of golf. You represent your country. Uh, you know it, it. It means a lot, especially in the U.S. side, um, and even more so on the European side. But what? Where would your number be to give up a Ryder Cup captaincy?
0: It's it's hard to pick a number because it obviously depends on other people and obviously to be a rider cup, cap, cup captain you have to be later in your career like Stenson is so he's already got money um it's man it kind of depends if he just wants to you know take on more of a, of a leadership role and a mentor role or if he still wants to go get his bag and continually just you know play a couple events a year and just kind of chill out like my number personally would man, it uh, that's just hard to say like I probably would have done what Stenson did. Obviously, so if, it's if, kind of hard if
1: we'll, to... we'll put the price tag for Stenson at, at f- anywhere between forty or fifty million,
0: and making
1: it clear that it is only that high because he is a Ryder Cup captain. And had he and, and people are saying, "Oh, well, why didn't he wait until after the Ryder Cup and gone?" Because then his number would have been much lower. Because for sure, 100%. nobody truly cares about watching Henrik Stenson play golf. And I don't think anybody on live cares about watching Henrik Sensen play golf or that that's why they signed him. They signed him solely for the purpose of creating chaos in the golf world, getting their lit name out there more, and signing a Ryder Cup captain and saying, look how much power we have. It had nothing to do with the fact that Henrik Sensen sometimes is decent at
0: golf. For sure. It, it, was, it was solely to steal a Ryder Cup captain and. Cause more drama because I know that that was a big thing with with all the international guys. Like the Ryder Cup's a big deal for them, and it was the signing was ninety percent just to steal a Ryder Cup captain. And honestly, I respect it on Liv's part. I really do.
1: Uh, I, I respect it in a competitive way, yes. But I, I, um, I, I struggle with them trying to have their cake and eat it too right because that them trying to steal a Ryder Cup captain for the sole purpose of stealing a Ryder Cup captain and then turning around and suing the PGA Tour for antitrust like uh, look either like play dirty or play fair like pick pick a side either be the aggro new tour that is stealing guys and says screw the PGA Tour like we don't need them we don't want you don't have anything to do with them or be the hey we're not a threat we really don't want to we're going to sue the PJ tour because we want to work together with them and and we want our guys to be able to play in those events like like pick one of those right it's it kind of seems like they're yeah, trying to go yeah. both directions here
0: true true but he also he's also still a really good golfer like he still won their first event uh yeah so but like, he also obviously has a, a, obviously I, a lot of it is go, obviously go a it. lot of it is to steal uh, the Radicap captain but it's not like they're stealing you know some bum who can't play anymore and he's like super old and he's just there. Cause he's a legacy guy. Like he's still really good at golf and obviously showed it in, in the first tournament. So let's
1: also put it out there that, um, Henrik Stenson hasn't won a PGA tour event since 2017. it's been a good five years since he's won a PGA Tour event. The last PGA Tour event that he won... That's fair. ...was, very ironically, uh, the Wyndham Championship over Ollie (laughs) Jans in 2017. So, you know, it's... Obviously, he's a good golfer, but this is kind of brings up my problem with Liv, right? It's like, yeah, sure, he beat out DJ, Patrick Reed, all these guys, whatever. Do you think that these guys have been practicing and performing up to the standards that they were when they were on the PGA Tour and really had an incentive to try to go out and play well? Or do you think it's now just like, hey, I'm getting paid a bag for this, and uh, now that there is, we'll talk about this later, but one of the things that came out in court today was the fact that some of these contracts have the players' winnings being um, incorporated into their signing bonus. Right? Where um, if they win, uh, say, $4 million, that, that is, counts against their signing bonus. So they don't actually get that $4 million. So th- there's even less of an incentive now for them to be practicing and have their sharpest game. So that's the only reason, in my opinion, we, why we get a Henrik Stenson winning a live golf event. Like, did he play well? Yeah. But were the guys that he were playing against but- really on their A game? No, definitely not.
0: But besides the fact that you said that some guys in the contract, which I don't even know if that's 100% confirmed, that if they win, it takes away from the signing signing bonus.
1: That was spoken by uh, the lawyer for Live Golf today. Okay. Anyway,
0: besides that, you could argue that there's more of an incentive for them to be on their A game and wanting to win more because obviously the guys go over to Live from the PGA Tour because they care more about money than they do about legacy, right? So playing the PJ Tour, you obviously have money and legacy, but they clearly value money more than legacy. So going over to live and playing for a lot more money, that is what they value more. So you could argue that they're practicing even harder and getting their game sharper to win but more money, which is the thing they value the most. You can't but say they're not.
1: that. They're not. You can't say that. Phil Mickelson is 40 over par in live golf events.
0: Like they're they're not Uh, every, every same thing in PJ tour events.
1: Every player who's playing on live, in my opinion is playing worse golf than they were on the PJ tour. And if you watch any of these live events, it, it is very clear. Like there are, you know, because maybe we're just watching more golf, but there are guys hitting some horrendous golf shots on, on this live event. We were talking about this when we were watching, um, at breakfast that one day we were we were sitting there and we're like it's been thirty five minutes, and we haven't seen like a good golf shot yet
0: okay it, that uh, that's one that one that's an exaggeration two I think they're one they're showing more golf shots, and two they're showing everybody on the p j tour they're just showing you the guys in the top ten that are playing the they're showing you the guys that are playing the best golf in the world right now they're not showing if they showed you the guys that are missing the cut, you will see." golf shots like that that happens at pj tournaments too it's it's not because these guys are worse i i strongly disagree with that well
1: i i um yeah i i think that they are definitely not i think that there's less incentive and i don't think that they're practicing and you know i guess we we won't really know until we either get to talk to some of them or something comes out about that but uh i guess we just kind of agree to disagree now um about that speaking of which do we want to kind of move on to this Whole lawsuit yes. thing really quickly yep yep, yep, um because it it is a very, very weird situation, and neither of us are gonna pretend that we're lawyers, and neither of us are gonna pretend that we fully understand everything that's yeah.
0: going on with this <laughs> um, yeah, but, so, oh, oh, hold on real quick, oh. I think you kind- you kind of have the a, a better grasp on this than me, I see you give the viewers about. A quick minute, minute and a half synopsis, get them up to date, what they need to know. And then we'll kind of unpack our, our opinions and uh, kind of just what we think that you should know as a listener.
1: All right. So 11 live golfers, um, headed by F- Phil Mickelson, uh, are suing, um, the PGA tour for violating antitrust laws, antitrust laws. Um, are the US's version of protecting the free market and preventing any monopolies from forming? Um, what was de- ruled on today was whether or not um, three golfers so, Matt Jones, Taylor Gooch, and Hudson Swafford, our boy um, are eligible to be able to play in the upcoming FedEx Cup playoffs. So they were seeking a temporary restraining order, which the judge denied. Um, they claimed that they should be able to play where they want, when they want, um, saying in letters to uh, to the PGA Tour that, quote I am a free agent and independent contractor. Um, they essentially uh, denied this request because... The golfers were compensated for the potential lost wages of not playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So it came out that, uh, you know, for Taylor Gooch um, losing out on the potential $18 million, and even though these contracts aren't public, the judge has seen them, and the judge did say that um, it was a significantly lower number than his signing contract with Liv. So I'm guessing Gooch probably got between thirty and fifty million dollars for signing to live, and the judge ruled that that made up for any potential wages lost um, by not playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Therefore, uh, denied the um, temporary restraining order.
0: Which honestly is it's kind of a little bit BS. I think personally, maybe I'm totally in the wrong here, but. Just because somebody's getting paid a lot of money elsewhere, that doesn't completely mean that you should just disqualify them from an event that they are properly qualified for. Uh, Just because he's making a lot of money elsewhere doesn't mean, oh, you can't make this money here or plan here because, oh, you're doing fine over there.
1: uh, I think... um... I think this comes down to a very legal interpretation of this, where in an antitrust situation, uh, they would have been allowed to play if they were being discriminated against or losing out in a certain way. But since it's very clear that they're not losing out, I think on the legal side, that's where that basis came from. Um, live golf in a statement said that we're just, dis- we're disappointed that these three players won't be allowed to play. No one gains from banning golfers from playing golf. So, you know, it, it it's, it, this is the first of many that are coming. Yes. Uh, that this trial could probably go into next year. Uh, they said that the injunction hearing is probably going to be in late September or early October. Um, and it, it Part of it also was they said that lifting the suspension of the golfers and allowing them to play would change the status quo for the PGA Tour and give these players a platform to promote a rival tour while competing in a PGA Tour event. Uh, It did come out today that uh, in many of the contracts that players have signed, they are now obligated to wear uh, the Live Golf logo in any tournament golf that they play in which means that they would be wearing it in a PGA Tour event. So the PGA Tour obviously wants to protect their image and doesn't want to promote a rival tour. Um, There's a lot going on here and a lot coming behind the scenes. Uh, And just to add to that chaos, um, according to Telegraph Sports, Cameron Smith has now signed a deal worth at least $100 million with Liv, um, which if true, I know is one going to make you really sad and two, yeah,
0: I've, I've got some thoughts, but
1: yeah. And and two, um, would be the first, I think legitimate blow to the PGA tour. I think they could have gotten away with these guys that I've went to live. Like DJ is probably the biggest name that we actually care about. But Cam Smith just won the Open Championship and is the second ranked, gol- be- second best golfer in the world right now, and the PGA Tour losing him is the first like very very valuable player that they're that they're losing.
0: Yeah. So obviously, if you've listened to to us for any time at all, you know Cam Smith is my guy, and I I don't exactly know how to feel about it if he goes over. On the one hand, I Really want to see him in all the majors and see what he can do legacy wise because he he is seriously a guy that that can make waves in terms of being an, an all time legacy guy. On the other hand, I think he he might just mess around and go to the live tour and he might win like three tournaments in a row and he might he might just wax all of these players and obviously good for him getting a bag. He's waiting till the end of the of the tour championship. So if he wins the FedEx Cup, then gets a hundred mil from Liv, goes on to win some tournaments there. Like this could be a silly year for Cam Smith. Um, I, I don't I don't exactly know how to feel about it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm gonna sleep on it and see see what happens. But I don't know. Th- I think he, he might just go and he him. might just go and whack these people.
1: But what's next for him? Because he's legitimately one of those guys who could be building a legacy on the PGA Tour. He just won the players and the Open Championship. Like, you know, if he does end up getting banned from majors, his career's over. Like, uh, this yes. you know this, yeah, this yes, could be but- a potentially career-ending decision for him and for a guy that in the past has kind of spoken more on the money doesn't matter like i'm here to win tournaments this is not the move that i fully expected
0: see i strongly disagree i think if you took away him being the second best player in the world him just winning the the open him having a chance to really do something legacy wise and winning his the personality yes his personality kind of fits the live tour perfectly. He's kind of a chill, laid back, mullet, fun guy, like super chill, just kind of, you know, casual, goes about his business. His personality I actually see really well on Live. Like you mentioned, this is this is probably the biggest loss that the PJ tour has had yet. I mean this is a massive L This is one of their top, top guys that is now gone. He's the but first honestly, he's the it,
1: first guy that wasn't on a decline when Liv signed him. You look at the top five he, other guys that Liv spent big money on, two hundred million for Phil, hundred fifty million for DJ, 125 million for Bryson, a hundred million for Brooks, and a hundred million for Cam Smith. Those four other guys besides Cam Smith were all past their peak, right? Like Phil, obviously, you know, whatever. But DJ, Bryson, and Brooks all are either dealing with medical issues or just poor play and have kind of fallen out of like the super competitive PGA Tour stance. Whereas Cam Smith has been at the forefront, especially this past year. So it's also just crazy that Liv has spent $675 million on five players, which is a third of the PGA Tours revenue for 2022, which is yeah. nuts. Uh, but you know, this is, he's the first like competitive, like recently competitive guy that they've signed. This is, this is the, as close as Live's going to get to getting a JT, a Spieth, a Scotty Scheffler. Like this is the closest they're going to get.
0: 100%. Yes. 100%. and, I do find it interesting that you said that this might be a career ending decision when this man is about to sign or about to receive a nine figure check like uh, it's but, very I mean, it's extremely difficult to say it's a career ending decision. He strikes me as the guy that just is going to chill in Florida for multiple weeks at a time, practice golf, be just stupid rich, and play a couple tournaments a year and just still wax people with a mullet 100%. it kind of
1: but but career as defined now is like being able to go out and win major championships and win like high level PG know. tour events like that that is as historically been a golfer's career and nobody's going to remember him as oh he was a career live golfer like that's just not I don't see that dude, becoming a thing dude, at al- least anytime short term
0: also not not all professional athletes like most, okay, not most, but a lot of professional athletes just do the sport that they're doing because it was the best way to monetize themselves. Like, a career for any other profession is just making money for the most right, part. There's but obviously it's some also, other
1: things. But, like, uh, obviously, I, I don't, I, there's no other career comparison for this. There's no other sport that has become so fractured like this. This is like obviously this is a horrible comparison but it's the best that we've got this is the equivalent of say um you know uh say Matt Stafford going to the XFL and playing super well in the XFL and getting paid a ton of money but nobody's going to remember him as an XFL legend right these they're only going to remember That's him for fine, like what, hap- what the short career that he had with you know with winning a Super Bowl with the Rams like it's the same thing for for Cam for Cam Smith like he'll be remembered for like winning the open once and the players maybe but you know there's nothing left to gain legacy wise from playing these live events like you basically guarantee you're not getting into the golf hall of fame you basically guarantee you're never going to be one of the best players of all time you're never going to be in that goat discussion you're never going to be Dude, yes. like even a yes, top yes. guy for on the PGA tour for the, the you know the rest of your career no,
0: no nobody's sitting in, sitting here and arguing that that's going to be the thing but not Everybody. That's not everybody's objective. Some people just want to make a really good living, retire, and enjoy their life. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong. I completely see both sides, and I would definitely side more with the legacy guys like Rory, JT, and all them. But that's that's not everybody's main objective. Not everybody's you know obsessed with having the fame that comes around with it and wanting to be an all time great. They just they're incredibly good at golf. It was a great way for them to monetize themselves, have an incredible career, and it's impossible to say he did not have a good career if he is making 150 million dollars and setting up his family for he has generational wealth, which is it can only be described as a success. Obviously, there's other things in life that matter, but you get what I'm saying.
1: You're, you're for sure. You're totally right, and as a as a Not a career move, but a life move, it definitely makes sense because Cam Smith is young and now is set for life basically and has to do the minimum amount of effort to really sustain that. And you know, we have no idea what the requirements of his contract are, or honestly, even if it's fully true, because he did come out and say that he's gonna not comment on that. He said, Until you hear it from me, I'm not gonna comment. Obviously, he's waiting until the end of the FedEx Cup playoffs because he right. doesn't want to get banned. But, you know, that being said, I, I think this is a fairly certain situation here. Uh, the rumor is him and Mark Leishman um, eventually going to live, setting up an Australian only team. Um, and again, there have been more rumblings of other athletic companies becoming interested in buying live golf franchises. We've already heard about this with. Um, Hideki possibly going and Srixon being interested. There's now uh, talks of Adidas being interested in buying a team. So, you know, there's a lot to unpack, and there's going to be a lot that happens in this uh, kind of goofy fall season where, like, some really weird news is going to come out the same week of the Sanderson Farms, and we're going to have to make a pot about it and have to talk about San- Sanderson Farms at some point. But, yeah, uh, it, you know, it's... Uh, it, it, it is going to be a dynamic situation going forward, and I, I really don't know. Obviously, a lot of it's going to get settled in court. A lot of it's going to happen behind the scenes, and a lot of it we'll probably never know about. We'll never know some of the stipulations of these contracts uh, unless they're made public by court order. But it, it's just going to be very, very interesting to see What comes next? It it seems like there's news on this like every week. Every week there's something new. Oh, we have you know we gotta talk this live. Oh, we gotta talk this live. Like they're doing a very very good job at making themselves consistently relevant, and um, positioning themselves on weeks where PGA Tour events don't matter. And we've already already talked about this: the ease of access of being able to watch on their website and on YouTube, and the ability to, um, you know just kind of listen and, and watch whenever you want and always be able to see golf shots is definitely something that's appealing and putting it opposite of the 3M or the rocket mortgage is, is a pretty, a genius play by them and having these next three weeks off and no live events during the FedEx cup playoffs and then starting them up again, as soon as the season's over they' they've kind of nailed it. And had this not been Saudi money, I think this could have been a much more successful thing than it currently is, but obviously it mean, wouldn't have been dude, possible I, without Saudi money. But
0: I, I don't know how a tour like this could be more successful three events in. I think this has been wildly successful beyond both of our imaginations. I, I don't think we could ever imagine a world, especially six months ago, where... Three events in, they have these amount of players, and the product is as good as it is, and I I, I think this is 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 beyond beyond a success. I'm not, I'm not fully on live side, but I I fully respect any new company or new business that comes into an industry that is you know hasn't evolved, and they're just disrupting it. And I, as much as I disagree with the things that the Saudi government has done. I I do I do respect them seeing an opportunity business wise and honest and executing which executing is the hardest part of all yeah, this and they've done the it. worst that's the worst word
1: to use as well but
0: okay you know what just the Saudi Saudi government's
1: been executing a lot of <laughs> okay. things and people
0: Oh man. <laughs> Oh, Sorry. That's um, yeah, <laughs> I think brutal. I think it's a perfect. I think it's a perfect way to uh, to cap off the live talk for this. Episode. I, I agree. Um, I agree. Let's I, let's I, head I think, over. I Should let's pitch? head
1: on over to um to, to the FedEx Cup playoffs here really quickly. We got the yeah. FedEx St. Jude's. Um, got a pretty good field. We've already talked about this, but uh, we go picks for top ten picks for. The win, do you got anybody that comes to mind instantly for you?
0: Um I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking at pick for top ten. Obviously they gotta be hundred to one or worse in the odds. Um uh, there's it's weird. I'm scrolling down the list and there's really nobody that just jumps out at me. Um if you have a guy, go for it. If not, I can make a call. Um but I'll toss this out you there got a guy right now.
1: Yeah, I'll toss that the right now. I'm not incredibly okay. confident on this, but it, it, it is either a miss the cut or top 10 type play here. Uh, I'll toss out little
0: Harold Varner third. Dude, there is no <laughs> way that this keeps happening. I, there is no <laughs> way. That was the only guy that I looked at that I was like, okay, if, you know, if he doesn't. Oh, there's just no way that you actually did that again. Not wow. the postman? Not the postman? No, the postman. Uh, okay. That actually really hurts, man. <laughs> okay. Um, now I'm completely <laughs> caught off guard. I'm sorry. Uh, th- this, uh, this, this is going to pick that's going to be top 10 too because I'm just going to do it off the dome. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with freaking... I'm going to go with Guillermo. Mito okay.
1: okay. I love that you called him Guillermo, first of all, but uh, yeah. I actually respect the hell out of that. Um, I'm going to go with Mito. I'll let you go first for, uh, for the pick to win just so I don't steal your guy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which thanks, but like there's uh, there's like I mentioned earlier, there's so many. This field is ridiculous. Um, it's uh, uh, Rory's the favorite at eleven to one, and then you got Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler at fourteen to one. It's whew, this is weird. I never love just going with just a just like the outright favorite, and I don't know if I'm gonna do it again. I still don't know how I'm picking. I'm just kind of talking so I can figure it out. I am going to go with Rory. I don't know why. I just, I'm just going to go with. I'm going to go with the favorite, Rory. Interesting. I, I, I was thinking about Finau. I, I, I went Rory Finau, Rory Finau, and stuck on Rory. But you know, Finau was uh, my honorable mention.
1: Okay, I'm going to do something really, really weird here. Please do. This is going to be. Like this is of a, 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 probably one of the weirdest picks that I've made because I'm gonna go outside of the top, I guess, fifteen on the odds list here. Whoa, which is you know that's a pretty big, pretty big step here. So we're we're skipping over Morikawa, we're skipping over Finau, skipping over Can'tlay, skipping over all these guys, uh, and I'm gonna go Sungjae M for the win.
0: I don't hate that,
1: y- y- you know. I 30 don't 30 hate to 1. That coming off of two top threes in the last three starts you know he's playing some golf I, I think he's gonna like tpc southwind i think it's a pretty good course for him um i i think you know it's gonna come down to his putter um he's 10th for the year in strokes gained t to green um and it's literally just make or break with his putter so uh In 2020, he gained eight strokes putting um, at this tournament uh, two years ago, so if he can get anywhere close to that again with his ball striking, I think he's got a very good chance, Uh, and obviously, he's coming off of two really hot starts, so... Um, interesting that that's my justification for him
0: at 33 to one, which is really, really tough to take, but I, I really don't hate it at all for, it's kind of weird that I go with just like the shock favorite guy. And then you go all the way down to 33 to one and take Jay. But honestly, I don't hate that call at all. If you're going to go with the guy at 33 to one, Sanjay is the guy to do it. Um, so I got Guillermo and Rory and you freaking took Harold Varner and Sung J. I respect it. I really do. I like your picks.
1: Thank you. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. Those, those are, yeah. I think those are some solid, solid picks there. So I like it. Um, I like it a lot. I think that's all we got for this week. Uh, don't pretty forget. chaotic, pretty chaotic, um, week for us personally coming up. Um, but we will do what we can to get a pot out. Um, for sure. I don't know 100%. Sunday night or Monday, um, probably Monday. But we will we'll definitely uh, catch you guys on the flip side of the FedEx St. Jude's Invitational. Peace. Peace. Oh, we shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he out of sync. That even sounded. It, it was a tenor sound, wasn't it, Peter? Oh. oh,
0: boy, he gets really leaning on it with the lower body. Oh, that hurt. Wow. right there.